Hello everybody, it's Dylan Tarl-Reeve here. Uh, just with a quick little message before we get into this episode of Straight Outta Klein. There seems to be a problem with my microphone. Uh, it seems to be making these little choppy noises, these kind of static choppy noises. You're probably hearing them now as I'm doing this. I didn't realise this until after the episode um, was already recorded and I have tried editing it to try and you know, stop it from happening, but it just seems to not be changing, so uh, apologies about this, it is still a good episode if you're able to, you know, ignore those sounds, I do apologise, I will be looking to get a new microphone soon, so I'm not sure when the next episode will be after today, because I don't want the sound quality to be like this all the time, so I am going to try and find a new microphone, but uh, apologies for this. It's still a great episode, as I say. Hopefully, you'll still be able to check it out and enjoy it. And yeah, just said I'd come on here and explain that first. But yeah, for now, enjoy this very choppy episode of Straight Outta Klein. Hello everybody and welcome back to Straight Outta Klein with me, your host, of course, Dylan Turner-Reed. A very sick Dylan Turner-Reed, if I'm going to be honest about it. I have been feeling like shite the last few days. Took two different antigen tests, both came back negative, so nothing to worry about there. Actually, at the time of this recording, I am only hours away from getting my booster shot, which is actually quite exciting, because at least then I can say I have everything done. Because, bloody hell, there's been a lot of cases lately, hasn't there? It's just actually fucking crazy. And I do get worried sometimes when I see the rising cases. Because, oh lads, the last two years have just been fucking, really fucking weird, haven't they? And I'm actually going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, on this episode. Um, but this episode is also going to be a very positive episode. Because... As you can tell by the title, this is the much-anticipated How I Got Into Acting episode of... Uh, I keep nearly saying Joe Turtle Rising. It's going to take me a long time to get used to saying Straight out of Klein as opposed to Joe Turtle Rising. If you haven't listened to an episode before, I used to be a pro wrestling referee under the name of Joseph Turtle. Go back and check out the last couple of episodes if you want to hear more about that. Um, and I used to do a show called Joe Turtle Rising, and I keep forgetting that this show is not called Joe Turtle Rising. Anyway... Uh, this episode is going to be a very positive one. It's going to be one that can show that no matter how low you get, no matter how bad things may seem, you can always turn it around. And uh, speaking of turning things around, I actually need to plug in my laptop because it's about to run out of battery. That would be a bit of a disaster while I'd be uh, recording this. There we go, I think. Yep. Always have to hear that little beep to know that it's um, charging. But yeah, um... Yeah, let's just get into it. Fuck it, because I don't know whether this podcast, this episode of this podcast, I should say, if it's going to be an hour long, if it's going to be 20 minutes long. I don't even really know what exactly I'm going to talk about and what I'm not going to talk about, because uh, there's a lot to get into here. The journey of how I got into acting is essentially me telling my life story. That's the uh, that's the crazy thing about this episode. And uh, I feel like I have to apologise again if my voice sounds weird. It didn't sound weird in the last episode. I thought it did. But uh, it, it actually didn't. But I feel like on this one it might. Because my throat was just fucking septic yesterday. It was horrible. So 
yeah P- apologies if I sound weird but hopefully hopefully I'll get through this without you know dying or something so yeah uh, how I got into acting is really it's it's a very very complicated uh, very like it, it's a roller coaster it's an absolute roller coaster of different life events that led to me being in the position I'm in now and this the you know the thing I'm doing now I don't even really know where to start with this. I suppose when I first would have thought of getting into acting would have been from a very, very young age. Uh, I remember being about 13 or 14, so I would have been in, like, second year. And I was watching one of The Rocks movies, but I can't remember which one it was. I think it was, oh, it's called Welcome to the Jungle here, but I think it's called, like, The Rundown or something in um, in America. I don't know why they had a different title in Europe than they did in North America. Sometimes movies and companies do that. But uh, I remember watching that going, damn, I wouldn't mind actually getting into acting a little bit. But you have to remember at this stage, right, I am... My dream at that time was to be a pro wrestler. And we have this weird mentality in wrestling. I say we have, obviously I'm, I'm out of wrestling now, we had this weird mentality in wrestling, I should say, uh, where if someone left to do something else, they were a traitor. They were turning their back on the business. They were they were spitting in the face of everyone who laced up a pair of boots. Um, and obviously, you know, The Rock is one of the main guys, well, the main guy who left wrestling to go into Hollywood, and he's now the fucking world's most famous actor and the world's most like richest actor, which is absolutely crazy to you know to see what the rock has done and now john cena is doing it and dave batista and they're doing really really well so even though i wanted to get into acting back then i did have this mentality of nah i gotta i gotta stick with the graps i gotta stick with the the wrestling um because everything else anything else would just be selling out so i did have that weird kind of mentality back then when it came to acting and also back then like similar to wrestling i just assumed that to do something like that the only way to do that in Ireland would be to go up to Dublin. So I just didn't really pursue it much. And I kind of thought about acting on and off for a while. And I remember it was so weird. Like there's a lot of stories here that are just pure coincidence. Like my journey to acting is really a journey and a, and a story of coincidence. Because I was kind of thinking of getting into acting when I was in TY. Because... That's when I found out, oh no, crap, you actually can do it in Cork. I found out about a few schools. I think I heard about some short films as well back then that had happened around Cork. And I went, oh, wait, there actually, there is acting in Cork? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> I just had no idea about it. And I can't remember what exactly we were doing, but we were doing some sort of project in transition year. And I remember we were getting a picture for the newspaper and it was like me and like three or four of the students and and our teacher and the guy from the newspaper who took the picture was asking everyone what their name was i was like oh yeah dylan turl reeve and he said oh christ that's a name we'll be hearing in films one day i'd say that's a very uh, exotic name as he called it which was kind of funny and it was weird because that was around the time i'd found out that there had been or that there was acting schools and classes in cork and i was like huh yeah Dylan Tarreve, that is a very acting name, isn't it? And yeah, I just went on the the Google machine and had a look at some of these classes. A lot of them were in Cork City. Now, you have to keep keep in mind with this, right? When you're from Cloyne and, you know, something is in Cork City and you're only 
15 or 16. Cork City feels like going to a different country at the, at that stage. Like, I remember a time where going up to Cork was like this big adventure. It was like, oh, the big day out up in the city, the big smoke. Now going up to Cork City is second nature. I spend probably more time in Cork now than I do in East Cork in terms of, you know, apart from living in Cline, like I'm never in Middleton that much anymore. I don't really go anywhere else in East Cork. So going to Cork City now is just whatever. But back then it was like, oh, you know, it's 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 the big spot, and I used to always get nervous going up to Cork. I don't even think I'd been to Cork on my own at that stage um, when I was fifteen or sixteen. I'd say I was probably seventeen the first time I went up to Cork on my own, and then obviously when I started going to college, it was the the same thing, you know, as well going up on my own. Um, but I didn't uh, ever do it when I was you know a, a teenager before, let's say fifth or sixth year. And yeah, just kind of saw how far away it was, started looking for classes a bit closer to home. I think the closest I could find is maybe something in like Cove, if memory's serving me correctly. And I didn't, uh, I just didn't pursue it. And again, at this time, acting wasn't really something I ever thought of doing as like a job or something I ever thought of doing as like, you know, a, a profession. It was just kind of something I had a bit of interest in that I would like to try. And I, you know, I think probably at the time I was thinking, oh, you know, if I ever, or not if, but when I start, you know, training to be a wrestler, if I, you know, have acting skills that could help with promos and stuff and, you know, uh, character development. Because a lot of people, I remember uh, Tough Enough in 2015, um, which is WWE's version of The Ultimate Fighter, even though WWE actually, uh, actually did Tough Enough before UFC did The Ultimate Fighter. A lot of people don't know that. But I remember one guy got eliminated and he was like, he had no personality whatsoever. He had no character development. And he said when he got eliminated from Tough Enough that he wanted to have a few acting classes which could help him out. And a lot of people used to, sh- like, or, you know, on Twitter were shitting on him for it. And I was kind of going, like, lads, like, what we what we do is acting. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people in wrestling, and this really, really bothers me about some people in wrestling. Like, a lot of it is acting. Not all of it, but, but a lot of it is. Especially with cutting promos and stuff, and and you know, I'm not saying it's you know reading a script word for word, but it is a form of acting. But some people in in the business are very um, stubborn, and they're too ignorant to admit that, which kind of makes no sense. I, I and I used to be like that. I think I used to be like, nah, nah, acting. What are you on about? Just use your own personality and turn it up to eleven. And listen, everyone's different. Some wrestlers probably never taken an acting class in their life. Others probably, you know, benefited from it greatly. Everyone's different, you know. But I didn't really understand the, the shit that guy got for. I think, what was his name? Like Tucker or something. I'm probably totally wrong there. Anyway, it was 2015 tough enough. Google it. Whatever. <laughs> um, and yeah, like that's what I was kind of thinking was. It could be a hobby. It could be something to do, you know, after wrestling. It, it can be, you know, if if... If the wrestling doesn't work out, maybe go with the acting. And technically, that kind of is what happened, but not in the traditional sense. Um, yeah, so that's that's all acting really was for me at, at that stage. Now, I never really knew... Not that I didn't know. I knew there was, like, drama classes and stuff. But I didn't realize that you could go down a full college route of acting either. And when I was in fifth year and sixth year, uh, I was very interested in doing journalism. Because I've always been a huge sports fan. I loved writing on sports. I loved, you know, 
breaking down different things in sports. I love doing all these different things to do with sports, uh, away from actually playing sports. And this was something that I was quite passionate about. And this is where, really, and it's hard to believe now looking back, this is where the wheels would have started turning for um, me actually eventually discovering acting. So... I applied for a course in a college in Cork, a certain college in Cork, I should say, known as Kalosta Stefan Nefe, or CSN, as it's widely known. And I uh, discovered there was a journalism course there, and I was thinking, brilliant. Like, my dream at this stage is obviously to be a pro wrestler, but it's also to uh, be able to have some journal journalist background where I could maybe go into like commentary uh, if I could go into you know um, you know interviewing people it was you know it was to have something really you know wrestling as much as it was the um, at the forefront of my mind I knew I needed something else to go with it just in case it didn't work out so that's where journalism came in and I was like listen I can still be involved in the business by that way as well you know writing about wrestling reporting on wrestling and, and all that crack so yeah, that's where I kind of started looking towards that. Um, and I applied for CSN, and it was here where I discovered, oh, acting is also a part of uh, this college as well. Now, at this time, had I applied for the course um, during this period, I definitely would not have been successful in this course. Like, I've just finished my first theatre performance, which I'll talk about a little bit towards the end. Had I done the acting course at this stage, I think I would have been very bad at it. And, yeah, like, looking back, it was probably a blessing I, I didn't do it then. And it's not that I ever would have applied for it then, but I, it's just something I'm, I'm kind of just thinking out loud now, where I was, you know... This was the stage where I had definitely grown in confidence. That was a big reason why I was glad I did transition year because I was um, I was uh, very low in confidence and I didn't like public speaking. That's something I would have been very very bad at before Ty, but Ty definitely helped me with that. Uh, but in terms of like actually performing and like you know playing a character, I would have been terrible at it. I could kind of I could do it in pro wrestling because I felt like well it's just me except I'm you know upping the ante a bit but I thought with acting oh no if you told me to play a character I'd probably be really bad at it and then yeah like it's not that I thought of applying for it but I went oh shit I didn't realize that was an option here and yeah I applied for um journalism got accepted into it which was fantastic and I discovered Kaloshta Stefan Nefe the great college itself it was here that uh as I say, I found out about the acting course. And in sixth year, I became very good friends with someone who uh, had actually applied for uh, an acting course in uh, CIT or MTU as it's known now. And they didn't get accepted into it. And they ended up doing the acting course uh, in CSN. And I was very close with this person. And I uh, used to travel with them a lot. It was really weird. The journalists and the actors had very, very similar hours. They probably still do. I'm not really too sure. I don't really know anyone doing the uh, the journalism course uh, now. But back then, it uh, was really weird. The, the hours were essentially the exact same, bar like one or two classes. Uh, so that was pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, got to know a few of the actors that year. 
all really nice people. Got to watch a few of their productions as well. And this is where curiosity really, really started getting the better of me. And it really started kind of, you know, I don't know, the, the, the interest was coming in there, uh, coming in of like, Jesus, this course actually sounds really good. And something I forgot to mention is the course director for uh, the journalism course was the same course director for the acting course. And this is why a lot of it kind of crossed over, which was which was interesting. And about three or four months into the journalism course, I kind of knew it wasn't really what I wanted to, to do with my life. I've had so many, you know, as you probably heard in the wrestling, um, why I left Phoenix wrestling podcast, I've had so many different scenarios in my life where I thought I really, really wanted to, wanted to do something. I went and I did it and I realized I don't think this is for me. I really don't know if, if this is for me. And some people get quite worried about that. Some people are worried about discovering if something is not for them. And, um, you know, I suppose it's the fear of failure. It's this fear of having a goal and trying to achieve it and then failing. There is no need to be afraid of failing. That's one lesson I've had to, to learn a lot in the last few years of my life. Is that there is no shame in failing at something. There is no shame in um, being bad at something. There's no shame at trying something and going, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore. As long as you can look back and say, I gave it 100%, I did my best, then I think it's that that's all you can do. That's all you can do in life is just give give it your best shot and, and try it to the best of your ability. And if it doesn't work out, well, fuck it, at least you, you can look back and say you did all that. But I kind of knew three or four months in that I didn't really want to be a journalist. Now, I stuck it out for the majority of the year. I was hanging around with the actors a good bit up until the end, really, because they were obviously busy with productions and stuff. And I started kind of wondering, will I? Fuck it. Will I, will I apply for the acting course? Will, will, I, will I take a leap of faith and, and, and apply for it? And the friend I had who was doing the course, I spoke to them about it, and they were very good, to be fair. She gave me a, a list of monologues to, to look at for... Uh, auditions she was like you know giving me different pieces of advice of you know um of what to do in in, in the uh, in the interview and stuff and to be honest the thought of doing an audition and the thought of doing uh, a monologue scared me but i said fuck it I'll, I'll apply for the course anyway and uh, i remember the letter arriving at my house and i wasn't the one who opened the letter and read it aloud I'm not going to say who it was. It was a certain family member. And I will never forget their reaction. Acting. Really? Why do you want to do that? What makes you think you'd be good at that? Okay, they didn't say that part. But they were very confused as to why I uh, wanted to do acting. Because it was never really something I spoke about to many people. I would have told people here and there. Like the the girl in the, the course that I knew. I mentioned it to her once or twice, but I always kind of brought it back to wrestling because that was really, that was the ultimate goal in life at that stage. And I was training a little bit. I say I was training a little bit. I did a session or two here and there uh, with the old wrestling promotion in Cork, uh, CCW. Uh, but with college and, and stuff, I just couldn't commit to it. Um, so it was kind of like, listen, get the degree and maybe try wrestling then. And... You know, obviously it didn't exactly work out like that. 
But yeah, with acting, it was kind of, you know, it, it was met with a bit of resistance from certain people. And at the time, I was very disheartened by it. And I don't think anyone should react like that to, you know, someone wanting to do something. But having said that, hindsight's twenty twenty. I know, but I definitely wouldn't have been ready to do the acting course back then. Definitely not. I would have been completely out of my comfort zone in a bad way i think i would have probably found it too overwhelming i don't think i had enough um not just experience with acting i don't think i had enough life experience at that stage to try something like acting and ultimately it fell through it just didn't happen and uh the friend i spoke about she went on into mtu and i think most people in the course that year did not most but a few did they all kind of went on and did their own thing and I went working. I went out working full time. And to be honest with you, it crossed my mind once or twice over these years about going into acting, but it wasn't something I kind of pursued properly until maybe about a year later. So I was working in a factory in uh, East Cork and not going to name the place, but oh God, this was a factory where I, I did a lot of growing as as a person here now this is where things get a little bit serious and there will be some serious topics on on this podcast but again this is just kind of you know i'm I'm doing this podcast this episode i should say for two reasons one is honestly to be selfish about it for myself because since we've been off for you know the christmas holidays uh I, you know sometimes you lack motivation and stuff and i think talking about stuff like this and that was part of the reason i started up the podcast to begin with was to give me something to do in my spare time um just to kind of keep my mind busy so it's partly to keep myself motivated because it's very easy especially in these times to to lack motivation um with with all the shit that's going on in the world that that's one reason i'm doing it and the second reason is for people out there who've been through tough times who've been through the ringer when it comes to finding what they want to do in life and maybe starting to doubt themselves a bit or feel like that they might be quote-unquote too old to get into something and yeah it, it, it's just to eliminate all that and to show that if i can do it anybody can do it and that that story or that um that sentence you know when it comes to this story is is very very true if i if i can do it anybody can do it trust trust me when i say that um, but I was working in this factory and it was a good job, good hours, good pay, you know, good social aspect to it as well in terms of, you know, when I was on day shift, I was able to to go out and enjoy myself. Um, and yeah, like from that aspect, it was great. But there was also a, a supervisor there who will remain nameless. A lot of people in this will remain nameless just because, you know. It's not like the chess championship story where, you know, it was it was kind of funny to look back on. There's some serious topics in this, so I, I want to keep it, you know, kind of... I want to keep the anonymity there for people who uh, will not... Who probably wouldn't appreciate if I said their name. But uh, anyway, my supervisor, John... Uh, no, I'm joking. His name wasn't John. Uh, the supervisor who I didn't get on with. And looking back, and it was very tough for me to admit at the time, I was essentially bullied in the workplace for... I was there for, what, seven months? seven eight months and yeah like looking back i was i was picked on i was bullied an awful lot and i took it for probably the first two or three months while i was in there i i took a lot of the abuse i was getting you know uh this guy would ask me to do favor upon favor upon favor for him and shit was my thanks essentially but i always kind of thought it for the first few months that 
well, look, he's my boss, and I probably, should, you know, just need to listen to what he has to say. And like, this is just, this is just life. Sometimes you just gotta eat shit. But then it was when some other people in in the factory were actually telling me, yeah, you need to stop taking that crap off of him. That's not how things work in here. He's just picking on you because you're a young fella and you're essentially taking it. So after a while, I started, uh, you know, biting back. And yeah, like, it's easy again, hindsight being 2020, to look back on this... uh, experience and think oh, I should have done this I should have done that I should have stood up for myself a lot quicker but at the time you you know that, that's just life you, you you grow you you know you grow and you learn um you know you live and you learn is probably the, the more appropriate actually no that's actually better you grow and you learn that's yeah that is a better phrase than live and learn because when I went into that factory I just come out of working in a supermarket so from supermarket to factory it's big you know big shift and uh I never really worked with people who were, how do I say this? I'd never really worked with people who had been doing the job they'd been doing for such a long time. Um, And, you know, because in this factory, the turnover of staff in the factory at the time wouldn't have been too high. In the supermarket, it was quite high. So pretty much everyone I was working with had been there maybe a year or two. In the factory, it was working with people who had been there for 11, 12, you know, 20 years in in some cases. So, like, that was always something that was a bit daunting because I was like, well, they're, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of me in terms of experience. Um, But this supervisor, like, looking back, he knew fuck all about what was actually happening. And anyone you'd speak to now who worked in that factory would probably say the same. Uh, and yeah, like one thing kind of led to another and a new manager came into this factory. There was a lot of back and forth. And essentially I ended up, you know, leaving the factory on the not so, uh, probably not in the best of terms, let's just say. It was not a very happy time when I was uh, leaving the factory. There was a lot of circumstances in place that led to my departure and the bullying was one of them. When the new manager came in, it was essentially the floor staff don't get listened to, the supervisors do. It is what it is and I was very bitter about it for a long time. I'm at peace with it now because I realised that place wasn't a place I wanted to stay in for the rest of my life. And to bring this back to acting, which I'm probably sure, or which I'm sure you're probably wondering, uh, how the fuck does this have anything to do with acting? When I was at a stage where I was unhappy in this factory, I actually applied for the acting course again. This was, uh, you know, pretty much a year after I'd last applied for it. And yeah, I just, I got that itch. I was like, fuck it, will I... Will I do it? You know, maybe I can find another job, a part-time job, because the factory didn't have part-time jobs. Uh, it was all full-time, and I was kind of going, fuck it, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's something I could uh, I could try getting into. Uh, again, the letter arrived. It was me who found the letter this time and uh, spoke to my friend who had done the acting course before about, uh, about it. And again, it was a nice conversation, nothing... Uh, nothing really different from the first one and I just didn't do it I think things in the factory for like a little bit of time for like a brief period of time started getting a bit better so I thought okay fuck it maybe it's actually maybe it'll actually be okay maybe I was just you know it was just a bad period but now things are going okay and let's call a spade a spade things were happening um in the in the factory behind the scenes that I didn't know about and essentially I was let go from the factory uh, that's another reason why I don't really want to mention the name of this place is because I still know some people kind of in close connection to that factory and as I say it, it didn't didn't end very well um, but to show you how 
bad it was and to show you the level of miscommunication in that factory. I was told seven days before I was let go that I was getting a new contract. So that was essentially the shit that happened there. As I say, though, I was bitter about that for a very, very long time. Very, very long time. And it kind of hit me in 2020, ironically during the pandemic. There is no reason for me to be bitter about it. Because I learned so much from there. I made mistakes, and that's a very important thing in life is to make mistakes. And I realized, as, as I've taken into any job I've had since the right time to speak and the right time to go, oh, look, fuck it, I'm not even going to bother getting involved in this. I didn't really know how to do that at the, a lot of the time in that factory. And listen, there was a lot of other shit in there as well. As far as I know, there's a lot of shit goes on in that place at the moment. But, you know, whatever, I digress. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I, I had to let it go. And, and, you know, it was just, you know, it was a learning experience, as they say. Now, some people might be thinking, well, you were let go from the factory. Surely you could have looked for another job and uh, a part-time job, I should say, and done the acting course. No, because this is where I went through a very bad period in my life, a really, really dark time. And I mentioned in the pilot episode, and I would have spoke about this on Joe Tarl Rising as well. I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder back in November, excuse me, October of 2018. This was after uh, a series of events after I got let go from that factory where I realized I was in this toxic kind of circle, you know, I'm going to use this term very loosely, of friends. Now, friends definitely isn't the right term to use, but that is, you know, these were the people I used to hang around with and these were the people who I was like, well, it's, it's kind of these people are nothing. And one friend in particular who may or may not have done the course I've been talking about this whole time, we had a very big falling out. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to go into it too much. I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of it. We had a very big falling out. So this is where any thought of doing anything remotely linked to acting, apart from pro wrestling, was like, nope, ain't doing it. It would be too awkward. It would be too much hassle. I'm not talking to this person anymore. We're not on the best of terms. It's something that I should probably just lay to rest. And I thought that was it. I thought there was no way of uh, of ever maybe going down that route again. And I kind of just left it at that. And during this time period, I spent a little bit of time in hospital uh, in a psychiatric ward. Again, you know, I don't like going down serious routes and serious topics. You know, on Jotar Rising, I probably did it a bit too much. And I don't really want to do it on this one. Uh, as much but there are things still worth mentioning and still worth bringing up and i remember like that was like rock bottom that was absolute fucking rock bottom and i thought okay listen you know no job uh you know no friends uh you know family life this was about a year after my granddad died so family life wasn't great uh felt like I hadn't achieved any of the goals I wanted to achieve, be it journalism, wrestling, acting, whatever it was. Uh, felt like I hadn't achieved any of them, and it was just a very, very low point. And you do wonder, like, fucking hell, like, you know, how the fuck is next? How am I going to get out of this? And slowly but surely, things started happening, right? Now, 2019 was one of the most mixed years I've ever experienced in my whole life. I 
don't really know how to look back on that year. I don't know how to feel about that year because there's a lot of things happened that I look back on and go, I'm glad that happened. There's other things that happened that I'm still kind of about today. But this is why this is goes back to what I said. You grow and you learn and you live from or sorry, excuse me, you you know, you uh you make mistakes and, and, and you learn from them. Again, lads, my head is still all over the place. I'm still not feeling one hundred percent, but fuck it. We're gonna keep going. Because that's the that's the moral of the story is to keep going. So the friend I mentioned earlier, we actually made up not too long after I came out of hospital, which was great. Still did not think about doing anything remotely linked to acting, apart from, of course, the wrestling. I um, was back working in a decent enough job, which, you know, was like, okay, I'm kind of getting back on my feet here. And to be honest, lads, yeah, the first few months afterwards, I really did pick myself back up. And I thought, fuck it, listen, things are going good here again. Uh, Made a crucial mistake, though, a very crucial mistake. I stayed within the same kind of group I was in before. And I think a lot of that was down to the fact that there was a lot of guilty faces. There was a lot of people who had big guilty consciences who, uh, for some reason, it was up to me to try and help them to, you know, not be or uh, not feel guilty. Which, looking back, that was not up to me. That was something they had to deal with. But, as I say, didn't really feel like I had anybody else to go with. So I stuck with them. And... About, I want to say, uh, maybe March or April 2019, um, I saw something online to do with an acting class. And I was like, fuck it. Will I? Will I do it? It was I can't remember exactly where it was. It was just a quick thing. on you know, like those ads that pop up, uh, pop up on Facebook? It was one of them that popped up. And I was like, fuck it, yeah, that's actually, uh, that looks kind of interesting. And I reached out to said friend who did the acting course and asked them, uh, would it be worth doing? Now, I actually, well, let me take that back. I didn't actually ask them straight out about the acting course. I asked them, was it okay if I could speak to them about something? And then something else came up which had nothing to do with acting and we ended up falling out again. (laughs) So, again, acting just got put on the back burner. And this is probably where I finally went, okay, no, I just, I don't think this is meant to be. I really don't think this is meant to actually, um, this is just not meant to happen. And 2019 kept going on and on. And I just, you know, I, I stayed with that group of people for far too long. I ended up uh, in a job. I left the kind of half decent job to go into a job that I had no interest in in, in, in being. I, I was in a, I was working in a garage and I don't want to mention the name of the garage again because it's actually friends of family who own this garage, but I had no interest in going to this place. Essentially, there was a vacancy there that I was told about. Was told it was for more money. Was told it was for, uh, you know, more sociable hours than my last job. The more money part was true. The more sociable aspect was definitely fucking not. And I ended up just becoming miserable again. And again, I don't want to hide behind a personality disorder, but this is where I really started to see the uh, the worst part of BPD. It was horrible, and because of this, I got into my own head far too much, and really, I I just, I, you know, some people who I was, you know, still friends with, I kind of pushed away. Others, I stayed with, and even though I wanted to push them away, I felt like I couldn't because, well, it's either this or nobody. And I went into a really, really dark period uh, in kind of late 2019. Very, very dark. 
and to be honest with you like I say 2018 was rock bottom and being in, in the hospital was rock bottom I think 2019 might have been worse going to a psychiatric hospital was quite an intense experience and admittedly like it was a bit scary down there like you know with all due respect to certain people who were there like I was definitely not the worst in the worst state of mind down there there were some people who were there that are probably still there to this day and you know hopefully they're getting all the help they need and they're getting all the the care that that uh, will help them fingers crossed one day get out of that place god willing um but because i'd had that experience in 2018 the end of 2019 as dark as it was i went okay i'm feeling really low right now i'm feeling probably the worst i've ever felt 2020 is going to be different 2020 is where everything is going to turn around and 2020 is going to be where i will actually make something of myself and i'll actually fuck it i'm going to prove a lot of people wrong and the way i'm feeling right now and how low i'm feeling right now i'm not going to feel that low this time next year and that's where i made the decision that i was going to try and achieve a lifelong dream of being on a professional wrestling show now again i'm not going to rehash the whole story you can listen to the phoenix wrestling episode of, of straight out of Klein if you uh, want to hear that um and yeah i i got to achieve that i started training in february 2020 literally a month before the lockdown and even in a fucking lockdown and a pandemic i managed to go and make a pro wrestling debut as a referee in uh september 2020 September 26, 2020 to be exact. And yeah, it was an absolute dream come true. I was working in a very good sales job. So I was on good money. I was achieving a lifelong dream. Despite a pandemic, I was making the best of it. I actually used the pandemic to my uh, to my advantage because it made me deal with a lot of problems that I would have not dealt with for a long time because I, I wasn't, obviously we couldn't see people anymore apart from, you know, neighbors and stuff um we couldn't really see anybody so i was able to distance myself from a lot of people who i was trying to get away from and i uh yeah i I was able to make a lot of strides in 2020 achieved a lot of goals and again like every little victory is something that should be you know looked back on with uh with pride and i look back on that year with with a lot of pride and even though as i say i'm out of touch with, with wrestling at the moment I am absolutely just fucking so proud of what I achieved that year and so proud of what I was able to do. Now, to the dread of some people, wrestling does have a little bit of a a connection. I say a little bit. It has a big connection uh, as to uh, as to how I got into uh, the acting uh, business. So as I mentioned, a lot of, you know, big-time wrestlers ended up making the transition from the squared circle to the red carpet. As we named, you know, a few earlier, The Rock... Um, Dave Batista, John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin has done acting. CM Punk has done a lot of acting recently. You know, Bret Hart has done has done acting. Uh, Hulk Hogan gave a stab at it and it didn't really work out. But a lot of you know big time wrestlers have made the transition from wrestling to acting, and this is something that there is a bit of tribalism towards within the wrestling world. But I I don't know if it's as, there as much now as it was back in like you know in the rocks day when he was a uh, when he you know was transitioning but it definitely was there now i uh absolutely adored one part of wrestling which was cutting promos that was probably my favorite part of the whole um training of, of wrestling uh 
you know, it was great to learn some in-ring stuff and uh, it was great to be able to, you know, learn some, you know, different parts of the psychology of wrestling, which is what I found really interesting as well. And when I was younger, I probably, you know, I probably had this mindset of wrestling is all about the wrestling. It's all about what's happening in the ring, like promos or whatever. That doesn't matter. Promos do fucking matter an awful lot. And uh, this is why cutting promos was something that I absolutely just adored just absolutely adored doing I felt like I was able to show off my personality you know it's funny when I did the uh the chess championship episode of, of straight out of Klein, the character I wanted to go with uh in Phoenix if I you know eventually did make a debut was a chess champion character I had a lot of great ideas uh in there I had a lot of great um kind of stuff um planned out for myself I actually have a trophy here somewhere I know you I know this is audio content you can't actually see what's going on but uh I can actually see it right here next to me. It says, if you give me a second, it says on this trophy, uh, Dylan Tarl-Reeve, World Chess Champion 2014. My friend Rebecca made this for me. Uh, I say she made it. She ordered this for me. Uh, I think for like Secret Santa, like 2017, I think, something like that. That was hilarious. And uh, I actually forgot to mention this in the, the last... Uh, on the last episode. That's kind of funny. And I used to use this during my promos um, for Phoenix, which was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, just it's it's kind of a shame it never really came to anything. But uh, I can just put that back. But yeah, I, I had a lot of fun doing these promos. And I realized that I just love performing. Like performing is what I love. It's not just wrestling. It's actually performing. And that's why when I was refereeing, it's not to say that referees aren't performers, but you just don't feel like one when you're refing. Like when you're, like refereeing is probably the most real part of wrestling, because I was taught by the great man Foxy himself, and I was told by people who you know in Phoenix who were training me that if someone's supposed to kick out and they don't, you you count to three. Like that's their fault that they didn't kick out. Like it's you know, it's it's you know we're essentially supposed to call it as a shoot instead of a work, so. It's the most real part of wrestling. And I just felt like... I mean, I, I kind of am performing here, but I'm not performing the way I would like to perform. Then, obviously, we spoke about everything with Phoenix going to Limerick and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Where I decided that I maybe wanted to give acting another stab was I switched jobs right at the end of 2020. Um, kind of end of 2020, start of 2021. Now, unfortunately, uh, COVID cases were very high at this time as well, as people will probably remember in early 2021. And three, not one, not two, but three of my fucking trainers all got COVID. So about two weeks into training, uh, we actually had to go on the PUP scheme. We were on temporary leave, getting paid by the government. And I was like, oh, shit, fuck it. That's, um, that's a shame. You know, it's kind of it's annoying, but... What happened just before then was, uh, and a big reason I actually switched to this job, was that uh, the job I was in before, which I loved, there was no part-time option with that job. With the job I switched to, and it's actually the job I'm currently in, um, there was a part-time option. Reason being that I really, really wanted to give acting a go. I love performing. I realized that that was my favorite part of training was was just performing and and you know and being uh being um just you know creative in that sense. I loved the the promo side of things and I was like, yeah, that that's what I want to do. 
Now, at this stage, I'm still kind of, you know, wanting to be a wrestler. This is before, you know, I kind of decided I didn't really want to be a wrestler anymore. Um, so I was still kind of holding the, the two of the two industries together, essentially, of wrestling and acting. And I went, fuck it, yeah. Like, I, I actually think I will apply for the course. Now, the original plan was to work full-time for a year, probably a year and a half, and then in 2022-23 to do the acting course. When I got put in the PUP scheme, I was like, okay, fuck it. I was just, I was really, really thinking about, like, when I go back to work and, you know, just obviously I had a lot of time to think to my, you know, by myself and, and, and think away about things. And I was like, fuck it, will I apply for it now? Now, I ended up having a, uh, this was the moment where I decided I was going to do it. I was talking to one of my friends over in Scotland and uh, she was asking me while I was off, asking how it was how it was going and, you know, what was I doing to keep busy? And I was saying, yeah, look, it's grand. It's a bit boring, like, but look, it's time off or whatever. I'm getting paid fucking 350 euro a week to sit down and do nothing, which was both great and terrible at the same time. And uh, I uh, was talking to her about uh, the course she was doing and she just asked me out of the blue again. This is where it comes back to coincidence. Just out of the blue asked me, um, did you ever think about going back to college? Like, she's like, just out of curiosity, did it ever uh, cross your mind to do that? And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, I was like, it's funny you say that, because I've been thinking about that an awful lot lately, and it's part of the reason I switched jobs. And she asked me, well, what is it that you were thinking of doing? And I was afraid to actually say it because of how it was met before with certain people. And because I had one or two connections to to the course that weren't exactly on great terms and still aren't to this day and i just said yeah it's acting and she was very supportive to be fair and said well why don't you just fucking apply for it and now that i was talking to uh, about it to someone i was like oh god am i am i actually going to do this and i went to apply for the course and there's a very specific reason why i panicked and nearly didn't do it that some people who i'm doing the course with now will know about in relation to a certain photograph. Um, and I went, no, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't. And I had another call with my my good friend, Ashling from Scotland, and said to her, I can't do it. I just, I can't do it. And she gave me the most simple advice ever, but yet the best bit of advice I've ever taken, which was apply for it, have the interview, and see how you feel afterwards. That's the only way you're really going to know whether you want to do it or not. You're not going to be able to do it by looking at a website and panicking. It's, you'll, you'll know when you actually you know do it. And the second bit of advice that I was given there, and it was funny, Frank Lampard actually said this recently as well. It was a bit of, uh, bit of advice his wife gave him, and I was given pretty much the same advice. Sometimes in life, you just got to jump. The net will catch you eventually. And that's such a fucking great phrase, and it's something that... I still take with me to this day. It's it's so true. Like, cause you know, you have to remember, lads. Like, I'm working with a, a top sales company in in 2020. Leaving that was a risk. That was a big risk. I was going into another very decent company who I'm loving working for at the moment. That was a risk. Just financially, stopping full time work to go into part time work to try out something that I've been putting off for years. That was a risk. But eventually, lads, the net does catch you eventually. Like, I, I, like you know, what's the worst that could... Look, like, looking back, what's the worst that could have happened there? 
I decided I didn't want to do the acting course and went, fuck it, I'm not going to do it. So what? That acting course was always going to be there. Another thing I was conscious of. Now, I'm 24 next month, so I would have been 20. This was just before I turned 23. I'm thinking at this stage, of, oh my God, am I, am I too old for this? Which is hilarious. You know, I'm, I'll explain why it's hilarious in a little bit. Um, you know, but that was something that I uh, I did think about was, oh God, like, am I, am I too old for this? Because like all the people doing this course, they're all going to be just out of, they're all going to be just out of secondary school. Keep in mind, one of my best friends, Alex, who's also my cousin, who I do Celtic Codec with, you know, he's literally just done his leaving cert last year and he's one of my best friends. So it's not really something I should have been thinking about too much, but it's different when you know someone and you're related to someone um, than when you're meeting people for the first time. That's the way I was thinking. And I just kind of went, oh, like, yeah, does nobody my age applies for an acting course now. They all do it when they're 18 or 19, when they're just out of school, which was funny because I ended up being very wrong about that. Um, so there was all these things holding me back from doing it, but I just, I just did it. I just did it. And lads, I, you know, I'm six months in, well, I say six months. We started in September, October, November, December, January. So four months in, actually, I should say. We're halfway through the year. I have absolutely fallen in love with acting. I adore performing. The techniques and skills that we've learned so far and that we've applied to our performances so far are not only helping me in my you know possible career I suppose you know my it's not just helping me with acting it's helping me in day-to-day life the people I have met in the course and I know some of them will listen to this have given me a whole new lease on life I was still somewhat linked to that old group of quote-unquote friends uh, right before I started this course and I just didn't know how to cut them out I didn't know like how am I going to get away from these people like I've been wanting to get away from them for so long excuse me the only reason I've stayed with them is because I feel like I have nobody else this was another occasion where I jumped and the net found me so quickly because I'm after meeting a great bunch of people uh, who have all different backgrounds, have all different kind of circumstances, and we all kind of clicked just instantly. That fear of being, um, you know, an old man going to this course was very quickly eradicated when I met a 34-year-old who uh, I went to see Fozzie with. That's how close we are already. We went to see fucking Fozzie in Dublin back in December, uh, which is actually, it was a month ago today, actually. Uh, Not the, the day I'm uploading this. I'm recording this on the 4th of January. Um, so yeah, it was a month ago today that that event uh, happened, which is pretty crazy. There was a 34-year-old man who had worked nearly every job under the sun, and he was doing the course, and he wasn't, you know, afraid to, to do it. And it was like, this was the best decision I'd made in years. I had my first ever theatre performance in uh, December. We did four nights in St. Peter's uh, Church in Cork. We did Dividing the Nation, which was a story about the treaty debates in the Dáil back in the 1920s. I played Cottle Brewer and had an absolute blast. Even put on a Dublin accent and everything, which was... A challenge, let's just say. You know, I've always been... Oh, I've been okay with accents, to be honest, but... Uh, I honestly just don't have the, you know, capability right now with how my throat is feeling to do the Dublin accent, but I was quite happy with it. And, 
yeah, like the fact that, you know, I'm working with uh, with John, who is my course director uh, for journalism, now that I'm working with him as an actor, it's just, it's crazy, you know, it's just, I never would have thought in my wildest dreams five years ago that that would have been the case. And if even if you told me this time two years ago that I'd be doing this now, I, I probably wouldn't have believed it. And I guess, you know, here we are 50-odd minutes into this podcast. The reason... I kind of wanted to tell the background of how I got into acting is that there was a lot of hurdles along the way outside of, you know, anything to do with acting. There was a lot of times where something happened where I went, oh, this probably is why I shouldn't do it. Essentially, I've given myself excuses. And even though at the time I thought they were reasonable excuses, looking back, I was just holding myself, I was just holding myself back. There's no two ways about it. That's that's all it was, was just me holding myself back and... uh and just allowing myself to kind of get into my own head, which is never a, a great way to, to look at things. And, uh, and and yeah, I've been unbelievably happy since I started this course. I, uh, you know, to go back to that aforementioned old group, I cut that completely out of my life. And, I, you know, looking back, I think had COVID not happened, that probably would have happened a lot sooner, even before I got into acting. But... The fact I got into acting made me do it. You know, I think the timing, the timing could not have been better, and and that's that's sometimes the the case with with a lot of things is timing. I I do believe everything happens for a reason. Uh, well, most things happen for a reason. I should say, I I do think that um, timing is is crucial with a lot of things, and I suppose that's why this podcast is dedicated. You know, to anyone out there who is struggling right now or even if you're undecided in what you want to do in your life or maybe you've tried out something you thought you really wanted to do and it just didn't work out don't give up keep pushing through jump just fucking just leap and that net will eventually find you it's found me recently and it has put me on a great path uh you know the day i'm uploading this will be the second day i'm back in college after uh, christmas holidays and it's been you know especially in covid when you're when you're off it, you can lose that motivation you can lose that kind of drive to go and do things but just talking about it now is getting me very excited and the fact that i'm i'm going to be back uh this this thursday is, is very exciting and hopefully i'll have many more stories to tell over the course of this year and the years to come and yeah, just that message again out there for everyone. Don't give up. Don't lose the faith. Things always get better and you will eventually find what it is you want to do in life. It may take months. It may take years, but keep doing it. And believe that every little setback is only, uh, it's only a hurdle that, you know, when you look back uh, at the end of your journey, you'll be able to go, yeah, listen, all those setbacks were worth it. It's just a part of life. Setbacks are just a part of life. And every every little setback should just be a part of the the journey to get where, you know, you want to go. And, you know, if 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 something isn't worth working for, you're not gonna have setbacks. And like, what's the fun in that? Where where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in something being easy? If you really want something and you really want to achieve something, it's gonna be tough. There's gonna be ups and downs. And uh, yeah, I just think that 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 that's the best way to look at things is to never give up, keep pushing through. And believe that no matter how bad things can get, you will get there. And it will get better. 
So yeah, that's the end of this episode of how I got into acting. The big, long episode. What did I say at the start? I didn't know if it was going to be 10 minutes or an hour. Well, we're 54 minutes in now, so I think that answers that. But yeah, lads, thank you so much for listening to Straight um, Out of Klein once again. I'm really, really enjoying doing this show. I've got a Q&A planned for next week, which I'm very, very excited about. We're going to talk about all sorts of different things. And I do think Friday is the day I want to start, you know uploading this i think i don't know friday just seems like a good day it's the weekend everyone's kind of in good form you know it's something to look forward to at the end of the week maybe we'll change it up you know as time goes on but for now i think friday will be the day so until then lads thank you so much for listening to straight out of client again uh, this week i look forward to talking to you all again next week until then stay safe and i will talk to you all on said date